0: Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You're listening on EWTN Radio or St. Gabriel Radio. Beyond Damascus is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.
1: We have a special guest today, Matt Frad. Welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) Welcome. Matt Frad, you're the host of Pints with Aquinas. So we're excited Mm -hmm. to have you here. And, uh, uh, you know, I've got two bubbling questions on my heart, Matt. First of all, I'm wondering who has the best... Australian accent in, mm. in Catholic speaking in America. Is it you or is it Matthew Kelly? Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know.
2: I, What 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 do you
1: think? (laughs) (laughs) I've heard Matthew say in front of an audience he has the best accent in America. So,
2: yeah, it seems like fighting words there. Yeah, whenever I speak to my mum, she says that I don't have an accent or that I'm losing it. And her words are, you sound like a yank. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) That's dangerous. I I think there's a progression of the accent. When I first came here, I liked that I was different. I liked Mm -hmm. that people liked my accent. And so I would speak and ham it up a little but after a while you get tired of people misunderstanding you so you have to start pronouncing more properly and i think that's the slippery slope to sounding less australian yeah yeah, that is
1: definitely the slippery slope and then of course the next question is why aquinas like what's your so your podcast is pints with aquinas what is the what's
2: the passion behind why you chose uh aquinas as your patron I was doing my master's degree in philosophy and was studying a lot of Aquinas and was looking for a topic mm-hmm. for a podcast back in 2015 when I think there may have been three other Catholic podcasts. <laughs> and I thought, well, I won't run out of content if I choose Aquinas, because he addresses sure. almost <laughs> every, every topic. Every topic. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. that was primarily, I, I love how mm-hmm. clear he is. I like how he would steel man his opponent's arguments before responding. And so just thought mm-hmm. that would be a fun thing to do. That's yeah. great, I yeah.
1: love that. Well, thank you. Well, we're gonna talk about kind of living countercultural today. Mm-hmm. And, and what, what? where's the issues with the world? How do we approach the, the, how do we personally live countercultural? Maybe Matt, for those who don't know you, before we jump into that, could you share a little bit? I found out last night, we met our wives in the same way. So Matt, you met your wife as uh, serving as missionaries with Net Ministries. I yeah. met my wife serving as a missionaries with Net. What's so the word for Net? If you're looking, if you're a young adult, you're looking for a future spouse, check out Net Ministries, <laughs> yeah. netusa.org or damascus.net. No, uh... But so we've met our spouses almost the same exact year, too, 2004. So that's pretty fun. But who are you? Where'd you encounter Jesus? And what led you to a life of mission?
2: Well, What's great about NET is uh, the recruiters vet everybody for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know that most people... They have
3: interviews, multiple yeah. interviews. Yeah. They're willing to
2: I was raised in Port Perry, South Australia, a small country town. Um, but at the age of 17, my parents invited me to go on a trip to World Youth Day in Rome. Nice. You weren't there, were you? No, Yeah. What, uh, what year was that? 2000. 2000, okay. Mm. So I went as a sort of... Agnostic, mm-hmm. and encountered the Lord there in a very powerful way, and nice. came back home like one of those Christians who's so happy it makes you sick. Yeah. <laughs> what and was the
1: encounter moment? What, what it, was it? The, the vastness? Was it John Paul II? Mm-hmm. What was it?
2: I think it was a series of things. I, I had a lot of objections to Christianity, and. Uh, Flying from Sydney to, to Rome, you know, including stopovers, that's well over twenty hours, you know. Oh, yeah. So I had a lot of time to meet these strange creatures called young Catholic Christians, because <laughs> I hadn't met them before. You know, yeah. I was from a small. They're normal. They well, they were normal. <laughs> but different. Uh, <laughs> normal, and uh, so I was just fascinated by them, by their joy, mm-hmm. by their intelligence, and I had many questions, and they seemed to love me very well, and not. Uh, judge me when I, the F word would come out of my mouth every sentence. And <laughs> yeah. They were very kind, and uh, that shocked me. And uh, certainly the vastness—you know, there was 2.5 million young people. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's the largest gathering of human beings wow. in European history wow. for a thing. And that was fascinating. And I think I began to think, gee, maybe there's more to this. You know, maybe this mm. isn't a story people tell themselves who are afraid of death or something. And uh So there was some questioning and then there was some real openness in prayer. Mm. And uh, there was a few very powerful sort of emotional experiences where, Mm -hmm. and this is always the anticlimactic bit because I don't know how to convey it in language, but since you've experienced it, you perhaps know what I mean. Encountering the person of Jesus Christ who saw me as I was and loved me as I was and too much to leave me that way Mm -hmm. was very healing and just knocked me over. It was Mm -hmm. like... Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, what's lovely about chatting with people who become Christians but who haven't read the tradition mm-hmm. is they have to create their own language to express yeah. what they just experienced, yeah. and it mm. always makes it more hmm. interesting because yeah. it's not just warmed over <laughs> language yeah. from Augustine or something. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I remember thinking, like, it's, it's like another sense uh, woke up. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine living your whole life without sight, and then one day you had it, and you're amidst a a group of people who didn't have it i just thought i'm i am experiencing something that i can tell these people aren't yeah. experiencing and uh <laughs> so it was it was just beautiful we're it starting is. our
1: summer camp season and that's it's i always think that when our campers give their testimonies on the last day so we'll, yeah. we'll bring them up on stage and mm. you know you got these middle schoolers trying to the, who like maybe had this power like supernatural encounter with like the presence of god and they're trying to express it in a sixth graders language and yeah. and it's, it's always like, a little awkward <laughs> <it's> a, yeah <laughs> you're like oh my sometimes it's just like it's so feeling oriented yeah. and you're like oh man i wish it wasn't so feeling but it's like they're, they're just so young, and they're trying to put words to, like, this encounter. Try to put words to any adults, beautiful experience. Yeah, it's, yeah. like, really difficult. Like, how do you how
3: do you explain the experience of a beautiful sunset? Like, yeah. what? Like, there aren't words for that. <laughs> yeah. And, like, these little sixth graders, one of my favorite of all time was, like, five years ago. He gets up there, and he's just like, I don't know how to tell you guys this, but Jesus is real. And then he goes, okay. And then he was just done, and he hands me the microphone yeah. to go to the next <laughs> one. I'm like, I think that's it, though. Yeah. I think we can just, like, we can just... Close up shop. Like, cause there was just this part of him that was so excited to say all these things that you could tell were running in his mind. And what came out yeah. was, I don't know how to say it. Jesus is real. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's, I think that's it. that's that's it. right. Yeah. A,
1: yeah the, one of my favorite testimonies was this little kid up on stage and he was, he was just like weeping. He's like, I just love Jesus so much. And it was like, it was just all about love and he was just moved to tears. And I think mm-hmm. like, that's the words don't really matter as much as just that love that he knew he was loved. Like Mm you're saying in this like incredible, uh, unexpressible way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From the fullness
3: of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. The mouth doesn't speak to produce the fullness of heart. Yeah. And so I think that like that experience of that, that indwelling, um, that the Lord permits in those conversion experiences, those encounters that we call them, it fills the heart. And from that, the mouth speaks, and sometimes what the mouth speaks isn't linear yeah. or congruent with something we've said before, but it's, but it's real. Yeah, but it's yeah real.
2: that's, that's, that's a, it's a good point. I mean, I think we can—obviously, uh, we want to have an intellectual basis for the faith, and we want to grow in our understanding of what the church teaches mm-hmm. and why it's reasonable to believe the things she yeah, does. of course. And yet, when a child gets up and says, I just believe he's real, as mm-hmm. you say, to compare that to a sunset— Mm -hmm. Uh, you don't say, well, tell me what the sun is, how big it is, (laughs) Mm -hmm. talk to me about the rotation of the earth. Mm -hmm. I mean, that might- all very interesting knowledge to have. Um, mm-hmm. And yet, uh, our first shot at it is to explain how it affected us. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. perfectly appropriate. It's
1: just beautiful. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Yeah.
3: Your testimony to the sunset is <laughs> yeah. not dismissed by your inability to explain solar flares. <laughs> so, so, well, that's- and Matt, <laughs> and Matt, to your point, I mean,
0: sometimes I, I think as, as we generate like a Christian dialect for how to communicate these things, maybe they even lose their power. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, that's right. I was, I was teaching on the, you know, Catholic summer camp Damascus. We've got a, we've got a certain um, charismatic expression here uh, in our, in our worship. And we were looking at some of the testimony of the initial outpouring of the Catholic charismatic renewal in the sixties. And uh, there was a testimony from a guy named David Mangan, who he experienced what we would typically describe as, Mm -hmm. you know, resting in the spirit, falling in the spirit. And there, were, there was just no words for it at that time. Mm-hmm. And in his journal, he was writing, and he said, I found myself lying prostrate before the Lord, and it wasn't my idea.
4: Yes, it's pure. <laughs> well, and I also,
3: I also think, I love, that, I, I love that you're saying that too, because I even think in the words we get caught up sometimes. Yeah. So even to say that charismatic worship yeah, is, sure. is, is, <laughs> is independent to a specific expression of the faith is just yeah, no, every puts it in a box. every every worship is charismatic so long as Holy Spirit is present yeah. and you're open to him that, that yeah there's an expressive side of what we've yeah. considered the charismatic expression of the faith mm-hmm. but I would say even the the most ancient of liturgies is incredibly charismatic because I want the Holy Spirit to move in and through me. I'm open to his charisms, like in the sense that I hope I leave here different yeah. with gifts that can change my family yeah. and change my community. And and like, again, I'm, I'm here for worship unto the Lord, but that's the beauty of authentic poured out worship is that the Lord never mm-hmm. leaves you empty. You empty yourself in worship and you leave more full than you mm-hmm. came in. And that by its... By its very definition, is charismatic. Now, again, I, I'm just simply saying that sometimes we can get into these, um, boxes. oh yeah, these boxes based on the words. When it's actually like, no, this, this vibrancy of faith yeah. that's been poured out to us for centuries, the ever ancient and the ever new, right? That that mm-hmm. the Lord has been speaking something for all of salvation history, and now He's echoing the different sentiments He's always been speaking. And sure, sometimes people are going to put different and new words on them, just as a young person will a sunset or an encounter with Jesus. (laughs) But um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I just There's just something to that, that I even think that when we begin boxing ourselves in with words, I think we're acting precisely backwards, Mm -hmm. then saying, here's what God's been pouring out in the church forever, and and here's Mm. what we're doing with that.
1: I get nervous even using the phrase missionary discipleship now, right? It's just because I don't want it to become a coin phrase in the church because mm. it's such a rich way to understand what it means to be Christian. And as soon as something rich comes out, everyone starts using it. New evangelization, mm-hmm. new pen, like, and yeah. and we almost lose the richness of it because we cheapen it by
3: over. Yeah, use, small group so. discipleship. Like Again, yeah. those are all good things but Yeah. we can...
1: Yeah, so, Matt, you've entrusted your son to us today. You're dropping your son off to camp. What? what the uh, that's to always, a prudent degree. Yeah. To a prudent degree. Everyone, these are the these are the guys you're entrusted to. Um, <laughs> and what do you look for? Like when you look for a ministry, like why'd you why'd you decide to trust your kid to us for his spiritual formation
2: and uh, his physical? Safety yeah, too? I would say two things initially. <laughs> After breaking his
1: wrist last year, yeah, last
4: year he right he came and broke his
2: wrist. Yeah, <laughs> two things. One would be people I trust speak very highly of you. It's always mm-hmm. a good reason yep. to begin accepting. <laughs> Thing, <laughs> uh, the second thing was you refused to allow teenagers to have uh, smartphones, which, mm. in a day and age in which children are often glued to their cell phones, is a courageous act and a, and a, I think, a brave thing to do. Uh, so those were two. Mm. I thought, wow, they must, they must know what they're doing. Mm. So uh, that's why. That's awesome. That's yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, And I think that really ties
1: into kind of the, the countercultural theme, the this idea of like, okay, what. What's going on in the culture and mm-hmm. how do we make decisions where like something as simple as like, what are the decisions we're making with cell phones with our children and stuff mm-hmm, like yeah. that? But what is the kind of what's going on? What's your guys' take on what's going on in the culture today? What are, what are the uh, if we were to diagnose the, the culture um, that we're living in, what's mm-hmm. the diagnosis?
2: But before we do that, what do you mean by culture?
1: Yeah. What do you mean good by calling <laughs> that? <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> well, he was asking you. Yeah, anyway, that, instead of Aquinas, yeah. I'm going more the not not Aristotle, <laughs> yeah, just Socrates. Socrates. Yeah. Let me ask you what a question. Is on a question? Yeah. Um, what is culture? Yeah,
3: that's a good question. I, 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 mean, yeah, well, I, w-
1: I would I would suggest kind of more of the, the just the typical way of life of the people, their mindsets, their behaviors, what drives them. What when, are we living? When I
2: think of culture, I th- what would I say? Maybe a life lived in common. Yeah, mm-hmm. hmm. and if that if that's what culture means, then I don't think we have one in the United yeah, States. I was going to say. So I think somewhere. to be countercultural is to create a culture mm-hmm. well, uh, yeah. amidst yeah. to people who don't have one because yeah. I don't think we do.
1: That's interesting. The the would you say the kind of the lack of a culture in the world is is um, especially as someone who's not native to America initially is it is that an american thing or are you seeing that across the globe right is, is there a lack of a culture in europe is there a lack of a culture in australia like does that is this the the dismantling of of humanity if you will or what do you even mean by that there is no culture right
2: yeah so i suppose if you say like what is american what is the life we have in common as an american maybe you'd say something like thanksgiving uh or <laughs> a hangover after Super Bowl. yeah or uh an election every four years but it feels like increasingly we don't agree on how we ought to live and how communities uh ought to live um which is that radical but i don't think that's i don't think that's specific to america i think it's probably throughout the western world yeah Yeah. at least i see it in australia and Hmm. there seems to be compelling forces seeking to kind of uh, disassemble how uh, america was structured and set up And
4: yeah
2: yeah we had
0: a you know two years ago, I guess, yeah, it was two years ago at this point when we, when we launched um, summer camp kind of initially post COVID Mm -hmm. uh, the, a similar sentiment came up that I think that, you know, whether, whether this was the, the original scheme of the enemy or whether he's simply taken advantage of it. I think, I think you see like just a pervasive isolation. um, That's really a plague on the, on the lives of, of young people Mm -hmm. that, that, I suppose is maybe a natural um result mm-hmm. of of a lack of rootedness mm. you know hmm. and, and it's 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 beautiful because it's precisely what the church has to offer like the the church you know we're we're speaking our, our theme this year is on is on the Eucharist that mm-hmm. that the 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 Eucharist Jesus is the source and summit of the christian life
4: mm-hmm.
0: and, and and that we are in fact called into that place of of coming to the table in communion to to find that Okay Lord the way you built me is what you're is what you've destined me for and and anything other than that's going to leave me empty. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for centuries, there's kind of this idea there's a way to present this is how to live the good life, and you almost don't have that anymore. Like, you can't teach this is what the good life looks like. There's almost this, Rockets like... Rockets to Mars yeah, is you, what the good life Yeah, you do looks you, right? <laughs> and it's like, maybe I don't want to do me. Maybe, like, I, I yeah. want to learn from the wisdom of thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of years of and, and people who have gone before me as opposed mm-hmm. to this mm-hmm. radical independence that just yeah. says, well, I'm going to do me and I'm going to figure me out and whatever. But but the the... You know, To actually rely on people to Mm -hmm. show us how to live the good life. In the
2: Baltimore Catechism, it talks about how we should know, love, and serve God. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that um, ideologies that are being pumped into our children, like BLM Mm -hmm. and transgender Mm -hmm. ideology, you have the the opposite happening. So you don't actually know what's true and then love it in an appropriate way and then Mm -hmm. serve it. The Mm -hmm. opposite happens. You're taught to serve the ideology, mm-hmm. and you're not really kind of given the freedom to assess whether or not it's accurate. It's just be on the right side of history, which yep. seems to be a meaningless phrase. Why would I? Why would I care about being mm-hmm. on the right side of history? Mm-hmm. And then um, I come to uh, love it. In a certain way, I love the ideology for whatever reason. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm part of the in-group or the mm-hmm. uh, the marginalized group. I don't group. get
1: rejected for sure, <laughs> you know, no yeah. one's yelling at
2: me. Yeah, so for whatever reason, mm-hmm. we come to have an affection for this false thing that we've been taught to serve. Mm-hmm. And once we begin to love the false thing, we then rationalize the false thing.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: So we come up with, we, we say things like, uh, well, men can be women or something like mm-hmm. that, which mm-hmm. uh, senseless st- stupidity, mm-hmm. which crumbles upon itself uh, after having received like one interrogating question, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But see, so that's I think that's a, that's difficult. So mm-hmm. education, the word yeah. etymologically means about like a, a leading out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I think we we're seeing people desiring to come back to what is the truth, because if there is no objective truth, and we're just mm-hmm. sort of widgets floating through the whatever matrix. Mm-hmm. Then presumably I can decide who I am because nothing's true anyway, and yeah. I have a subjective experience of being mm-hmm. a woman or a dog or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but but that's that doesn't that seems like the way to insanity. That's so
1: interesting what you're saying, Matt. Because earlier we were talking about it doesn't make any. The cancel culture is so confusing right now because you've got this idea of all of a sudden in a relativistic world where there was no right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden there's this massive wrong, mm-hmm. and and then they just go after, and it's almost as if they. De- Through relativism, truth was dismantled. Objective Mm -hmm. truth was dismantled. And so there is no truth. It's whatever you believe. It's totally subjective. But now they're replacing, from a a culture of relativism, Mm -hmm. they're now replacing it with false doctrine. Mm -hmm. And so new new doctrines, I mean, 10, 15 years ago, before these – False doctrines of the LGBT movement or the BLM before those false doctrines really were mm-hmm. implanted into the mindset of our youth and into our school systems. It was it was this doctrine, this false doctrine of relativism mm-hmm. of just the, the, who are you to say anything's right or yeah. wrong. And once they dismantled that and got everyone's mindsets, if you will, and who is they right? That's like but but once that culture bought into that lie, it actually allowed the seed of false doctrine and false prophets to just rise up because why because we need truth so yeah. bad and and especially the youth are so hungry to be formed mm-hmm. in what is the good life what is the right way mm-hmm. who and Jesus Brad, the Jesus is the way the truth True and the life, life. Yeah. and when you reject that mm-hmm. and then you reject that there is a way there is a truth there is a life now all of a sudden you have a a, a world that i get to now
3: reshape what the way the truth and the life it's infinite subjectivity great point yeah Yeah, and infinite subjectivity by its nature creates infinite chaos and and the the they that you were talking about like i think that's actually a really good question like who is the they
1: and how has it become so rampant so i I think i think
2: i think that you know i i used to think like how is and sometimes you'll hear these conspiracy theories about people behind a uh, somewhere, coming up with a plan yeah, to dismantle. Like an mm-hmm. communism I, I, I in think America. it's satanic. I yeah. think that's why it's so I well organized.
3: Yeah, like I, I think if we were writing the Declaration of Independence today, it would be "We the autonomous individuals of the United <laughs> States of yeah. America" instead of "We the people yeah. of the." Like because we as a collective unit may have disagreements on certain nuances within what we're about to say, but we're going to commit to each other and hold covenant with each other and move forward together because we know that we don't know everything.
1: Yeah, right, I don't, like I don't and, think that we could write a declaration. Well, of because
3: I'm not the end. Mm-hmm. I am not the end.
1: Yeah,
3: and that that is that but, is.
1: A, and, and the beauty of the Declaration of Independence, they were declaring that there is a way of life to live. Right, that freedom looks like this. Yes. and this is what the human life should consist of, right? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of The ability of to do what you ought. Yeah, and and you, we just can't even agree on that. Mm-mm.
0: You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com slash radio slash podcasts. Or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break. This is Brian Howell, Operations Manager of Salt and Light Radio in Idaho. Thanks to Catholic Radio, lives have been changed, marriages have been saved, and people have found their way into the church. When you're looking for messages of peace, hope, and love, you'll find them right here. The world needs EWTN
3: Catholic Radio, now more than ever.
1: One of the
0: reasons we should go to Mass is because, if you look in the Catechism, you will see the fruits of Holy Communion. And these are remarkable things that we can receive at every Mass that we attend. We encounter the Risen Lord, and He shares something of His divine life and love with us.
3: The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, live from the EWTN Chapel, every morning, 8 Eastern, on
2: EWTN Radio and Television.
0: Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio. On St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Okay,
1: so order comes from the chaos in, in Genesis, and the yeah. evil one is there. I wonder, Matt, what do you mean it's satanic? So, like, because how do we not blame everything on Satan, but also, like, how, what does that even mean to say that he's at work in the world today to dismantle the world? Was it like for, I don't know, like, what do we, how do you explain that?
2: I think you begin as a Christian by acknowledging <sighs> that you can't say the opposite of that. So whatever it does mean, we can maybe talk about that. But what it can't mean is that Satan isn't active in the world today. We can't say that as Christians. But I think that um, sometimes uh, Mm. we talk about Christianity without reference to the demonic, Mm. which makes the story as uh, nonsensical and uninteresting as if you were to talk about the Lord of the Rings without reference to Sauron. Yeah, yeah. You could do that. It's not an
1: epic battle. I could
2: say there was a Mm -hmm. ring that wasn't conducive to the flourishing of Hobbiton. (laughs) so so these two these two little fellas took a few of their friends and this wizard guy and they just destroyed it and then things were better yeah and that is what happened it's just woefully insufficient likewise if i say to you god exists and he loves you and Mm he sent his son to die for you so that you can have friendship with him and eternal life with him that's true it's just also woefully insufficient yeah so i think uh we have to we have to reference and Be aware of the demonic. First Peter five Mm -hmm. uh, eight. The devil prowls like a lion and Mm -hmm seeking someone to devour. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, anyone who does deliverance ministry like for an individual, right, that we, we talk about, the catechism references like open doors, right? Like what, that you you can open yourself to evil through certain means, right? Mm-hmm. If I play with the Ouija board, that could be an open door where I'm mm-hmm. allowing, if you will. And you could just look at how the American culture has had multiple open doors mm-hmm. in the last 50 years. Like the legalization of um, abortion in America was a giant open door the sexual revolution Mm -hmm. was a giant open door that almost gave permission for the evil one to come into our culture and start Mm -hmm. manipulating our common way of life and it's amazing because in a in in the pursuit of freedom we're Mm -hmm. losing our freedom right it's Mm
0: -hmm. well and and i think the the uh, consequence of this is that ultimately, it's not as simple as targeting the five guys sitting in a room somewhere who mm-hmm. are creating this, you know, this yeah. false culture, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Because Can't because out. The, the ones the ones who are opening ourselves to this are all of us, and mm-hmm. and this is why the like the the work mm-hmm. of evangelization is so critical. You know, you you could say you could say that yeah, it's it's this or that open door. The the only cause. For demonic oppression mm-hmm. is a lack of intimacy with the person of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And the only cure for demonic influence mm-hmm. is intimacy, is connection with the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, like there, there's no place for the enemy to live. So like this, this mm-hmm. is this is the the diagnosis, and this is the this is the solution. Mm-hmm. That um, if if we wanna if we wanna stop the decline of culture, if we wanna bring ourselves back to a community, if mm-hmm. we wanna if we wanna Allow the New Jerusalem to to mm-hmm. come and and to to take place in this world. Like it it's through it's through introduction a relationship with mm-hmm. Jesus. It's through mm-hmm. development of intimacy with Him. My, well,
1: in church, beware that you don't fall into as you're saying. It's in all of us. Beware you don't fall into the false doctrines of this age. Like so, this idea that I can have relationship with Jesus but not live life on mission is postmodernism. It, it, it's this lie that it's all about me and mm-hmm. my way of life and my experience with God. And the that, and it's void of a missionary yeah. mandate to one, be in relationship with the body mm-hmm. of Christ and two, to, to, to live the apostolic lifestyle. And it's, it's amazing how we have so many people who pursue the Lord today, who may, who maybe aren't even pursuing mission at all in their life. And it, it's that's not Christianity. Yeah, well, yeah.
3: mission brings into community what's necessary for it to be the church. That, that the community of the church has always been a community that gets together not to ask, what can I get primarily, but what can I give? And the reason for that, right, is that when we come together and we ask, what can I give, we give a unique representation of Jesus Christ to the body. Hmm. Many parts, all one body. And what I, are, I think what are that there's you, something.
1: Are you the big toe? Uh, I don't know what uh, the, I am. I don't know what I am. Maybe I'm, that. I'm
3: <laughs> you're gonna throw me off. You're spleen. gonna throw me off. Like, oh shoot! I'm, I'm the appendix. I'm tracking on this, And now I'm a big role. toe. No, I, um, <laughs> no I, I, The reason I want to say it like that is that community without mission might as well be a country club or a corner bar.
1: Yeah. Going back to what you started the show with, Matt, just this abandonment to divine providence in, in a um, American culture that has so much abundance wealth or earthly earthly abundance it's hard to trust in him right because i i become dependent on myself shoot i need more money i'm going to work harder to get more money because and, i am independent yeah it's, it's it i i this, contain the i'm in. the provider I'm of in. my family i'm and, in and it didn't used to i mean it, it had to i mean you used to be on your knees in prayer, just begging that it would rain so that you would have food to feed your family, mm-hmm. right? And that dependency on God, mm-hmm. we've removed it because, well, I can just go to Walmart and get my groceries. Of and, course. Which isn't bad. It's not an evil thing, but it just is how do we how do you stay abandoned to divine providence? So this is what the Lord's been speaking in your mm-hmm. prayer. How are you growing in mm-hmm. that abandonment to his providence, Matt?
2: Um well, I like what you said a lot. Um, if I don't trust that the father is for me, I won't re- I won't open myself to him. Like, you know, if you were to say, what is a child like whose father doesn't like him and who he can't trust? Hmm. That child won't grow up well. He won't act well. Um, and I think many of us have a false idea that God doesn't delight in us, isn't for us. Um, maybe we did that when we kind of eradicated the devil. So like someone has to be the enemy, someone has to be the suppressor of yeah. my freedom, Dad, not he's desirous he's of right. my good. And uh, rather than acknowledging uh, the accuser of the brethren as, as that individual, we've, we've become very distrustful of God, maybe through the heresy of Jansenism and other heresies. Uh, but I think... We need to remind ourselves who God is and who we are before him. And if he's for me and he loves me and that's true, hmm. then, I, then I can surrender myself to him and I don't have to control everything. You know, last night we celebrated a bishop. Earl Fernandez. Uh, Earl Fernandez. I'm a, I, I love that man already. What a powerful mm-hmm. homilist and <laughs> yeah, he, mm-hmm. he
1: preached the gospel so comprehensive. like such and just, a, just every sa- he's
2: like Aquinas. He just kept bringing in scripture every yeah. sentence yeah. accidentally. It's yes. yeah. yes. beautiful. Yeah. Yes. It's like he memorized all of scripture. Yeah. It's like what the hell? Yes. But you know, Bless I, I, you know, it was a two and a half hour mass, and this is after my family and I had driven two and a half hours, and <laughs> Holy Mass started shortly after eight p.m. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, you know about. Thirty minutes in, we I took the kids out the back and they were all running around. And I thought to myself, you know, if this was my first kid, I would have been like, "You sit down," and I would have been very harsh about mm-hmm. it. Fourth kid, you you need to relax, I think. And so we, uh, for their good as well as my own, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it's like a, just a gentle, more of a gentle spirit. I think more of a trusting. Like you know, one of the things Teresa Lisieux said is that she takes great comfort in the fact that God is just mm-hmm. because he must take into account my weakness. And so mm-hmm. I can take great delight and comfort in the fact that he's wholly just. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think that has that's kind of what I mean when I'm just sort of abandoning everything to our Lord. Like I trust in you. I love you. I have confidence in you. I love you because you love me first. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, I, I know. love that. Mm-hmm. So the one of my favorite quotes on evangelization is from uh, Pope Benedict XVI. He said evangelization is teaching people the art of living. And mm. going back to this idea that well, maybe there is no culture, and that's the problem. The, our job as Christians in a post Christian world is to help teach people the art of living. It's, mm-hmm. The work of evangelization is reinfusing culture into civilization. Mm-hmm. Because, and if you will, when we make disciples of nations, right, not just disciples of individuals in nations, but when you make disciples of nations, mm-hmm. you help teach that nation. Mm-hmm. culture yeah, and mm-hmm. you introduce them Identity. to a way of life that points to the good life.
2: Yeah. Again, one of the reasons we moved out of Atlanta when people say, why did you move to Steubenville, Ohio? I, yeah. I always say, everyone
1: wants to move to Steubenville. I
2: right? say, well, they, sh- they, they should, they should consider it. But river, I say, yeah. I say for friendship, that's yeah. the reason we yeah. moved because in Atlanta, and I'm sure many cities are like this, it's just a big sprawling city. And in order to visit a friend who you love, it's mm-hmm. 20, 30 minute drive. Mm hmm. And it's difficult enough to hang out when you live on the same street. Uh, so I thought we just want to kind of embed our little family into a culture of families who are all looking towards Christ and mission. Mm-hmm. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how hard does life need to be? Do I need to live in the middle of a city where the closest Catholic family is 20 minutes away?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Maybe, but I, I don't want to do that anymore. It seems to me that a a Catholic, finding a Catholic family independent of a community of Catholic families would mm-hmm. be like coming across a six-year-old in the middle of a forest. Mm-hmm. Why, why? Where why did you come here? from? And you won't last here. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. you will die unless you have mm-hmm. support. And I think modern Catholic families are like that. And I know when you say things like that, the the bubbling objection is always mm-hmm. right, but you don't want to create some sort of bunker mentality or mm-hmm. close yourself off, which is precisely what mm-hmm. we're talking about. And mm-hmm. I fully agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just like, what did you say? Um, in, in order to love, I have to first know, mm-hmm. I, I feel like in order to be a family that's a healthy family on mission, yeah. I need to be a healthy family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I might not be able to do that if everyone on my streets, kids have cell phones and are looking at porn or mm-hmm. Uh, teaching my children uh, false things. Yeah. So I've just, even though Steubenville in many respects is a very ugly town, uh, it's also one of the most beautiful places. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's the most beautiful place I've ever lived <coughs> because mm-hmm. uh, I now know homeless people by name. Mm-hmm. And uh, my, my children, uh, you know, on our very street, there's five or six families who we mm-hmm. all love and trust. And if you were to ask each of these families, like tell me about your walk with the Lord, they would tell you about that. And they'd also tell you about how they're serving. Mm -hmm. So it's not an insular community. Mm -hmm. It's actually it's almost like a community within the world. It's I'm all for the idea of buying farmland and creating a Catholic community. I'm not disparaging that, but Mm -hmm. there's something lovely about a Catholic community growing. Within a town that has Mm -hmm. meth busts and Mm -hmm. gunshots and sirens, Mm -hmm. something kind of cool about it. Yeah, there is. My kids are encountering this Mm -hmm. all the time, and it's different kinds of people. And
4: yeah,
1: we were in um, Paris doing a mission um, not too long ago, and we went to Saint Vincent de Paul's uh, incorrupt body. And Mm -hmm. uh, as we were visiting there, someone you know nudged me and said, "Did you know this used to be the, the poorest neighborhood in all of France?" Announced the richest neighborhood that mm-hmm. Saint Vincent de Paul went to that neighborhood where mm-hmm. his remains are, and w- because it was where the poorest of the poor w- were. Mm-hmm. But when when you bring the gospel to the poor, they become abundant, and, and it's just it's I think that's exactly what can happen when there's a Catholic community living life on mission in in an area. You can transform the yeah. Area.
2: Well, so I, I fig- sorry, no, no, yeah. no, no. I forgot Please. what you asked me that led me to talk about Steubenville, But it was, I think, maybe the idea of creating a culture was it? Or? Yeah.
1: How do we create like if evangelizations uh, the um, teaching the art of living? Yeah, the teaching the art of living. How do we do that in the modern world? Yeah.
2: So I mean, I just I'm a big proponent of people, especially if in today's post COVID restriction age, if if people are able to work from home or if they have mm-hmm. more freedom to consider. Uh, uprooting their family. I mean, that might be a bad idea, but to Mm -hmm. at least consider uh, joining a community of Catholics in whatever city, Mm -hmm. because I think life becomes a lot easier. I'll give you an example, all right? Like directly across the street from us, is a lovely family called the McNamaras, and Mm -hmm. he teaches Mm -hmm. philosophy at Franciscan and just yesterday, you know, they, a couple of the kids came to the door. Hey, we want to see if any of your kids want to come to Holy Mass. It's like the noon mass. On a, well, not yesterday, the day before. So it was a weekday, yeah. weekday mass. Like this stuff happens all the time. So another example, my son, Liam, who's here this week, plays D&D with his friends at uh, a couple of doors down. I love that. And uh, it, it's very beautiful. I know some people are hesitant of D&D, but there's no, e- there's no evil characters. That's one, that's one of the rules, yeah. which I think is important. Um, so anyway, the the, the reason is I, I popped over there the other night when they were about to start D&D, you know, and there's like seven or eight high, high school kids and they're about to play. And then Deacon Welker, whose house it is, says, all right, let's pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet before you guys begin. Everyone just went, okay. And they, there was no yeah. groaning. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that they don't groan, not that they're not annoying teenagers, like yeah. you're annoying teenagers and everybody's annoying teenagers, but they all popped up and we all prayed the Divine Mercy. It's almost like, it's difficult not to be evangelized, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's in a very healthy, human, beautiful, freeing way. Yeah, exactly. So I don't feel all the responsibility mm-hmm. to continually talk to my children about the faith because it's like, it's difficult to go anywhere without mm-hmm. encountering the beauty of it, and mm-hmm. that beauty is mm-hmm. is pulling them towards the truth.
1: I heard one time that a young person needs five, mod, adult role models <laughs> in order for them to um, grow into the like kind of that that way of life. And so if I need, it's, it's, it is good if mom and dad are countercultural and they're the ones, no, we don't do it that way. We don't do it that way. We don't do it. But in a young person's life, they mom and dad are critical but mom and dad aren't enough. They also need other adults that they right. see. and mom and then dad Abel are tired. The this,
2: yeah,
1: mom and dad are tired. You know, yeah.
2: and so it's so this we don't do it that way. We don't. Do you know how much energy that, that takes? Yeah, it's well, exhausting. we don't. Even though he has an yeah. iPhone and he's allowed to do this, yep. that's tiring. Yeah, yeah. And so imagine imagine seeking out people that you had, were walking distance from who sort of a, agreed basically with your view of things. Yes, things just become easier. I yeah. felt like it took me a while because coming from Atlanta where it's like, who are these parents? And like, we need an FBI background check. (laughs) So initially I was- Before
1: sleepover, FBI background
4: check. Indeed,
2: yeah. And uh, I was very kind of guarded at first and still I hope and prudently guarded, uh, but uh, just a lot more, okay, I can Mm -hmm. just sort of relax a little here, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not because these people are perfect or anything like that and not because I think there's a willful blindness on my part uh, Mm -hmm. and not because I don't need to do the work of talking to my kids about hard topics. I still Mm -hmm. want to do that and hope I do that. It's just easier, so mm-hmm. just I'm going to sum that up, yeah. right? In your question of like, how do I how do I live an and a sort of counter cultural life? Well, one poss- one way we've decided to do it is to embed ourselves into a Catholic culture that of Steubenville, and I'm not saying that's the only one. There are plenty of them. I recommend Centerburg. What's that? I recommend <laughs> Centerburg. That's another one, and 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 because that's that's an easier way to do it. Yeah, Peter Kraft once said in a talk, "I'd rather be." You would rather be, he said, you would rather be in, in love in the Bronx than divorced in Hawaii, <laughs> yeah. which is probably very offensive to those who live in the Bronx. Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. uh, but there's a-, there's a <laughs> All the CFRs are like, wait, what? Dude, <laughs> yeah. like, how about, are, why not vote? <laughs> <book? Bronx, yeah. laughs> yeah. But there is something about that, I think, with Catholic community, you know. Like, yeah. I would rather be in community in a crummy little rust belt broken downtown in Ohio than where we used to live in San Diego. San Diego. And that's yeah. a lovely town and there's lovely Catholic community there. You yeah. can find it. You can find it. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really happy to be in this this town. Yeah, there's amazing.
3: something there's something about what you're saying there. I think the one thing, um, just I, I, I felt like I was just like getting this image as you were speaking that of um, just something in the natural, that like there is something beautiful about being in the world but not of it and something beautiful about something amazing raising up in the middle of what would otherwise maybe be decrepit or like dirty. I was thinking about fertilizer and flowers. So my wife and I just bought a house. I'm learning a lot about um, gardening and I'm not very good at it, but I, I, I did grow up around farm fields uh, in Portsmouth where I grew up, which is another river town, just like Steubenville. A lot of the same problems, a lot of the same beautiful little highlights too though. And um, I was thinking about just fertilizer. If it was just fertilizer, would be just the most abhorrent thing <laughs> of all time, right? Yeah, yeah imagine but, if
2: you knew nothing about gardening and you were just going yes, step by step. Yes, were well, you going to lay a bunch of like, cow poo down? Cow, out. cow, <laughs> cow That's, manure. That sounds gets laid horrible. Down. It's horrible. <laughs> Why would I do that? But then,
3: like, but then <laughs> when, when, when you when you plant a variety of seeds in that together, <laughs> and the way that they. Raised into something beautiful, it actually is more beautiful there in the midst of the fertilizer Mm. than it would have been without the fertilizer. And so that's that's the tension point that I see in the Mm. in the Catholic Church in the Western world is I don't want us to remove ourselves. I want us to find ourselves right in the heart of it with others, raising up the goodness of God. And that that like I just because I've seen both, right? I've seen like this. Okay, the world is getting. Darker, it's getting harder. Mm. Let's remove. And I've seen the, let's go vigilante. One man, our whole family will die of arrows. We're doing this right yeah. now. I think both of those have their pitfalls, but I do think there's something beautiful about discerning a group of people that are called into a specific area for a specific reason in a specific way and raising up beauty in the midst of what else, what otherwise rather would be yeah. abhorrent.
1: Well, if culture is the common way of life, then what it's it's hard to form a common way of life if you don't have people with a common mindset. It sounds like that's what you're suggesting you're finding out.
0: You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com slash radio podcasts. Or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break. He is honored by the church as a saint with the title of the Seraphic Doctor. Matthew Bunsen and the Doctors of the Church. One of the greatest theologians and Franciscan mystics in church history, Bonaventure also wrote a biography of St. Francis that was commissioned by the Franciscans themselves. It took a saint and true mystic to understand a true saint and mystic. He died in 1274. For more about the Doctors of the Church, visit doctorsofthechurch.com.
3: How are you listening to EWTN radio right now?
1: Have you ever wished you could listen on a local radio station? Maybe our Lord is
4: speaking to your heart to help make that happen. Don't let a lack of experience hold
1: you back. Find out how you can help start a Catholic radio station where you live. Powered by the truth of the church and EWTN's dynamic radio programming.
4: Email Steve at this address, radio at EWTN.com.
0: Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio, on St. Gabriel Catholic
1: Radio. So I've been in Diocese of Columbus my whole life and doing ministry in the Diocese of Columbus for close to 20 years now. And when I started ministry, one of the early churches I worked at was St. Patrick's. Uh, It was downtown Columbus, and families would drive upwards to 45 to 50 minutes all the time to come to church here because it was ran by Dominican friars, and it was beautiful liturgy, uh, orthodox preaching, but more important than all of that, there were families who who had the same mindset about how to raise their kids. And so it was a big enough priority to do this huge inconvenience to drive all this way. I mm-hmm. loved working up seven years with these families, just watching. But what's happening now, it's so neat because, as I think, this was years ago, and there was a need, an absolute need for you, people to drive 30 to 45 minutes to St. Patrick's. Hmm. What's beautiful now is there's not actually that big of a need. And the reason there's not that big of a need is we have parishes all over the Diocese of Columbus that are flourishing yeah, with amazing the Catholic community. Thank and you, so Jesus. over the last hmm. 10 years, through the grace of God and uh, the hmm. amazing hmm. Uh, witness of great priests and lay faithful, we're seeing transformation of parish life where, well, I, I, wherever you are in the city, I can point out a dynamic, parish where you've got these incredible families living close to each other. I was talking to mm-hmm. we're at St. Catherine's now and um I was talking to one of the the parents of uh and they're they they you know they have uh, kids in the school and they're like, "Damn, what's happening in the school is absolutely amazing." And we, we used to be in the school we're, we're homeschooling now, but uh he's like, "What's what's happening in the school is amazing." He's like, "From from 4th grade down mm-hmm. all of the families are Amazing disciples, like mm-hmm. and the ones that aren't, like we've got such a critical mass. Well, the ones that aren't disciples, they're becoming disciples because the families are evangelizing those mm-hmm. families, and we're seeing in in our it's so neat in our in our school in, in our parish that there are there's now such a mm-hmm. strong critical mass of families who are living Christianity beautifully. Mm-hmm. The ones who maybe weren't evangelized prior to coming. Mm-hmm are just picking it up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not this like, it's not that they're going through some strategic program at the parish. It's just because they're in communion with mm-hmm. families who are on fire with the Holy Spirit, they're catching it. Yeah. And, and it's as if the the way of life, the culture itself evangelizes. Um, hmm. And and so there's great hope, and I don't know if it's if this is happening all over the country. I know it's happening in the diocese of Columbus, where I'm just seeing like more and more culture becoming richer and richer. I hope it's happening. Like you hear about these these different pockets, like San Diego, there are these pockets of these incredible on fire families, or uh, you know you have that in Phoenix and St. Louis, and there's like there's something's happening in mm-hmm. the church, which is really special. You
3: do need people that remind you though. I just go back to that. Remind me, like, I think the reason that those other families are coming into discipleship is because the disciples that are there have one another at Saint Catherine to look at each other and remind each other of what oh, they yeah. signed up for, it's right? A daily decision. It is because, like, um, what it's from Evangelii Gaudium, right? The joy of the gospel that um, Pope Francis. Um, I think I have this quote right, but in order to persist in fervent evangelization, we must be convinced from personal experience that it's not the same thing to know Jesus Christ as not to know Him, and persist. Right, fervent. We could break down all the words, but to persist in fervent evangelization in spreading the good news, I must be convinced daily. That it's not the same thing today that I know Jesus as it would have been if I didn't know Him, yeah. and for someone to remind me of that, I can live from that, which doesn't allow me to be a sourpuss. I think is the the words that Pope Francis <laughs> yeah. uses. And, what um, is
1: sourpuss in the original? Greek? I'm not sure. Um, Pope yeah.
3: Francis isn't always the most like uh, pointed with his language, yeah, yeah. but I thought sourpusses um, was <laughs> a, like was need a well. More used. More
1: church documents with um, the word
3: sourpuss. sourpusses, yeah. um, but I, I don't know. There was something about that apostolic exhortation that just spoke right to the heart of a, of a world that um, that has fallen to this independence that we're talking about, yeah. that I, I think that I, ca- I cannot on my own every day remember that it's better today to know Jesus as not to have known him without those that are reminding me that that's the case. And if, if that's the reality, then I need community to be on mission. Yeah. It's just required. Yeah.
1: What do we, I guess, <clears throat> to kind of wrap a, a, us up, to bless each other, what— how would we exhort each other? You know, I'm thinking like we're sitting around <clears> at <throat> this table just musing, but how would we bless each other? Like what what apostolic, what apostolic charge would you give me, Matt? And Aaron, what would you say? Like if I want to raise, if I want to be countercultural, I want to raise my family countercultural, like what, what kind of a charge would you give to do that well?
2: I, I got two things. Uh, the first is speaking of manure and speaking of abandonment. I think a good prayer to pray throughout the day is, Lord, use even my bull crap as manure for their growth. Mm. So like talk about abandonment. Lord, I give you not only the things I've done well today, but how I you know, uh, spoke harshly to my child or how I was neglectful of my wife or how I was rude or slammed a door. Use mm. even that as mm-hmm. manure for their growth. That's an image I for I give discipleship. all of it to you, Jesus. That's an image. That's a really no, interesting image. Of discipleship. That would be it's one. Yeah. The, the second thing I would say is, the world is better than you think it is. And I think that's good yeah. to remember when it seems increasingly dark. And the reason I know it's better is because I met you two. I met you today and I met yeah. you yesterday. I didn't know you existed yesterday. You understand? Yeah, like, right. If you didn't exist yesterday, mm. my world would have been exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I now know you both exist mm-hmm. and I'm glad you both exist. Mm-hmm. And I now know the world's better than I thought it was. Yeah. Mm. I get to meet people weekly uh, who come on my set, and I, yeah, I really God. think that mm. many of these people are saints—like mm. actual, not saints in the hey, we're all saints, yeah. but like holy people. Yeah. And uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm really optimistic, and.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: I love that. I, the the world isn't as evil as we often yeah i i think that's actually really important or it's worse and
2: better than you think yeah, it is maybe yeah. that's an anomaly <laughs> well it well
1: in psalm uh, 2 verse 8 the lord says ask me and i'll give you the nations of your inheritance and the earth as your treasure and if we don't see the, the nations and the earth they there are mm. they are our inheritance and they are our treasure and if we if we buy into this mindset that in that ah, oh, the world's so bad and it's evil and the world, the flesh, the devil, and all that is true, right? But the that there's there there is evil in the world today. But if we don't see the goodness of the mm-hmm. world, we actually and and that it's, and that it's God's world. It's, it's not yeah. Biden's
2: world. Mm-hmm. It's not the left's world. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not even uh, Satan's world, even though he's mm-hmm. the prince of the world. But mm-hmm. and, and he God says, is. God mm-hmm. is sovereign, sorry. And he says
1: it's our inheritance and it's mm-hmm. our treasure. That this is the gift that God's giving us is the world and it's our nation. And so if I reject his gift and I I say this gift is evil, like
3: how can God use me to to bless us? Treating a blessing as a burden is never a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's um it it can be hard to accept as a blessing. That's yeah. totally fine because we're human. Mm. But to to call a blessing a burden, we would uh we would be good to avoid that, I think.
1: Well, just the image of the manure and me being the manure that helps others grow is really the the 12 and and that they were imperfect men that were utilized to transform culture and to transform the world. And the idea that I don't have to be perfect to be perfectly Mm. used by him because Mm -hmm. he is and his grace Mm. is sufficient in my weakness. And the word that was um, on my heart is just the word dominion. I think that we we need a, a an understanding of who we are as Christian that the mm-hmm. the spirit of God lives in me and mm-hmm. I I am called to be the lion that I am not called to be Um, the the prey that is in this world being attacked all the time and so scared and running away Mm -hmm. and protecting. But I'm called to be the roaring lion or allow the roaring lion Mm -hmm. of Judah to live in me and to seek Mm -hmm. dominion into this culture. And whether you're in an awesome culture that's already been won, Mm -hmm. right? Like we've won this culture here in Damascus. And so it's easy for people to come in and just like get formed right away. Mm-hmm. Steubenville, they've already won the culture there just and so people get it, like the, a student goes to Franciscan University and they they just they just get won over right away, right mm-hmm. Or if you're in a place where the culture hasn't been won because it wasn't easy like us winning the culture here initially you know wasn't it took years of um, commitment, years of consistency, Years of getting back up and wiping the dust off my my mm-hmm. clothes and and saying we're we're not giving up. We're mm-hmm. forming community. We've, we're forming a way of life. And so if you're mm-hmm. if you are in Atlanta and your mm-hmm. your parishes, you've got a few people that you're running with, and you guys are like you're hungry to keep going there. Mm-hmm. Like go hard, go hard, and win dominion. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have community, then you can form it through the grace of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. And and the there's something powerful, whether it's at your workplace, whether it's at like, go in mm-hmm. and, and bring the culture of Christ because mm-hmm. the kingdom of God is a culture and the kingdom of God lives in you. Mm-hmm. So if I if if, I, if the kingdom of God lives in me, mm-hmm. wherever I go, I can bring the culture of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, and you see the apostles doing that. They're the ones who were sent to bring the culture of the kingdom. The, mm-hmm. the problem is none of the apostles went, one by one. They all Mm -hmm. went at least two by two. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have one other apostle next to your side, you're going to lose the battle. It wasn't God's plan and it wasn't Mm -hmm. his design. But when you have two, at least two, who are living the kingdom, you can bring the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Any final thoughts? Awesome. Bring it home, man. (laughs) Yeah, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord, you've given us the nations as our inheritance and the earth as our treasure. And Lord, we pray that we would, um, man, we just are so thankful that you've allowed us to be stewards of this world with you. We're so grateful that you've um, given us a way of life as a people that just from the very foundation, you've called us to be your people, a chosen people with a particular mission. And so Lord, we thank you that you've made covenant with us. We pray for those who feel lonely who feel isolated. We pray for those who um, just lack community right now, Lord, and, and we pray for your providence to come and to pour out into their lives. Mm-hmm. I pray for just supernatural opportunities for them to discover community. Mm-hmm. I pray for opportunities for them to to move to be in places where their families will be blessed and built up.
0: Mm-hmm. Come on, come on. Jesus, we pray your blessing on, uh, on the mission of Catholic Youth Summer Camp this week, mm-hmm. on all of the individuals who... Their parents, they themselves have said, yes, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus, that you would take that yes and you'd multiply it. Yes, Lord. Pray your blessing on, on this show, on Pints with Aquinas, on Matt. Yeah. Uh, we're grateful for the ministry that you've called each of the four of us to, and we pray the increase here, uh, Lord Jesus, and that every one of our listeners would receive what it is that they need to accomplish the desire that you've placed in their hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, thanks for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You can listen to the whole version of today's show by searching for
4: Beyond Damascus on YouTube or your favorite podcast app.